All right, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. Your boy's right here, Juan. And I'm Victor. We're over here. We live and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, Um, it was 70, what, 77 degrees today? 76 yeah, degrees? Yeah, beautiful day, man. Oh, beautiful my day. God. I was so ready to come out there um, and just <laughs> and, and wear like a like a jean jacket or wear my... my uh, um i was just ready ready to wear a jacket (laughs) yeah i checked the weather and it was 70 something degrees i'm like what is going on yeah man november bro (laughs) listen i don't question it i take it i i hear we have an uh at least one more day like that so let's take them while we can get them before this cold settles in and then we have to hibernate for the winter oh my goodness listen i'm i'm just excited um we're back with another, with another episode and um this one's gonna be uh, we're gonna start it off a little bit different we're gonna talk some football takeaways from week nine um right, right. i know you're it's inevitable you're going to bring up tom brady and how he got destroyed i'm waiting yeah. for it right, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that we'll talk and about uh that and the weirdest thing ever basketball starting christmas time that is so that is so weird but we're gonna get to that um a little bit later on we're gonna right. start off with something that we we it just felt like it would never end, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that is the presidential election. Um, yeah, we finally got results <laughs> on Saturday morning, I believe, Friday morning. Right. Um, we finally got a president, a president elect. Um, and that is obviously Joe Biden. Right. Um, but it was a crazy ride, bro. And yeah. um, I'm not gonna give my thoughts. I want to get you started off with this. Um. So tell us, um, what are your thoughts on the outcome of the presidential uh, presidential election? Um, I mean, like you said, right now it's uh, it took a little longer than we all would have wanted to, but I think for the majority of us, and I think that the numbers say that we um, we're happy with the results, and I think um, if nothing else, kind of like what the name of this episode is, it's. We kind of we can breathe again a little bit. You know, there's a collective sigh of relief that's happening, I think, not only in the country, but around the world. And I think that that speaks volumes, you know, like uh, there was a video and I think this embodies, I think, better than anything that I can personally say. Uh, there was a video that I saw over the weekend when the election was called and it was this 86 year old um old lady and she was crying at the news of joe biden winning but i'm talking about happy tears um and my first thought was and i and i remember telling my fiance it was like the presidential election shouldn't have people that emotional you know the presidential election is about policies about taxes and you know and on all of these other things it shouldn't have people um, when someone loses, so happy because they can finally feel at peace. Like they can feel like, hey, we're no longer. It's it was essentially like a dictator had gone down, and you know the country is now feeling better. And I think that that you know speaks to the the current state that we've been in the last four years. You know, to have that old lady, and you know, not only was she crying of joy. But she was crying because she said now she can keep her Medicaid. Like now this lady can say that 
for whatever year she has left, she can count on the fact that she'll have just basic health coverage. And that, again, speaks to what we've been going through as a society, as a country, and, and like I said, in the world. And it just speaks to, again, how we can now start, you know, the work is not over. If anything, it's just beginning. And just because Joe Biden won, it's not like every, everybody's going to take a backseat. No, we're going to hold him accountable um, and make sure that he does the things that are needed for this country. But more than anything, I think we all just have this kind of weight lifted lifted off of our shoulders. And we just hope that those people that whose candidate didn't win, um, that they can come on board and give them a chance. And I'll end it with this um, when I say give them a chance. Um, when President Trump was first elected, we were told, like, let's give him a chance to govern, even though this man came in with a track record from the, the locker room talk to his allegations of racism here in New, in New York and in other places. And we were told, give him a chance. Well, you know what? Biden isn't the perfect candidate. He has some stuff in the, in the past, but let's give him a chance now to govern and hopefully as a country we can come back and be a little bit more united. I felt I felt the same way like um I was obviously like I was following through with this stuff like I've never done before man like um prior to I got married in 2016. Um it was right around the time when the presidential elect, uh, election was were going on back then 4 years ago between Donald right. Trump and and Hillary Clinton. And that was like the very first time when I started getting into like really getting into politics. Um, cause I was never really the, the guy, like I was just talk sports. If, if, if it wasn't about sports, I wouldn't be in the conversation. So it's right. like, um, for me, we just need to change, man. Like right. the, and I, and I've been talking a lot about this, um, with my wife, uh, with friends, um, the division I seen in the last four years, it's something that I've, that I haven't seen in my lifetime. And we've had this conversation several right. times where I'm like, dude. We just need change because yeah. um, what ended up happening was that we started seeing division in places where we just didn't think it would happen, bro. Like, right. um, like for us as Christians, you know, um, to see division even in the church, right? You know, like that—that that was something I had I hadn't ever seen, and and for right. and for the reasons to be because of politics. Because of uh -huh. this man, it's just it was it was disappointing and, and it was just time for a change. Um, like you said, like we, we've got to give Joe Biden a chance. Um, he's been in politics for 40 years. He was vice president for for Barack Obama. Um, right. Whatever your beliefs are, we, we've had we got to work together. And what I love about and it's the reason why, you know, I, I voted for for Joe Biden is. What I loved about what I love about him is that his message just doesn't sound divisive. Right. Again, I'm not going to, and I've said this several times, I'm not going to agree with all of his politics. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm going to agree with all of his politics. Right, it, right. it just isn't possible, bro. It's it's not possible. And for yeah. those who and you can't you can't tell Trump supporters that because apparently they agree with everything he says. Yeah. Which is just confusing to me. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to agree with everything Joe Biden is going to do. But I'm gonna. I, what I love about him is that he just doesn't sound like he's being divisive, and he's actually trying to unite the country. 
because the right. country is just so divided right now. Um, and we need the president of the United States, not the president of the Republican Party or the president of the Demo uh, uh, Democratic Party, the president of the United States, the president for all Americans to unite all Americans, uh, Americans of all corners, Americans who have different beliefs. This is not just whatever benefits me as a Christian. No, this is what benefits right. us living in this country. We have to unite. We have to be together. And that's the message that I'm getting from him. Um, that wasn't what I was getting from Donald Trump. As you can see, the evidence is there. Um, the country's divided in a way that it's never been. Um, and even in for us, like I mentioned before, even in Christianity, I've never seen uh, um, this level of division within yeah. the church, man. Like within right? the church, I've never seen this level of division. And it just sucks, man. I just think that this is going to be great for the country. Um, this is not about making America great again or, or, or about a freaking slogan. This is about yeah. uniting a country in a time right now. Uh, we're all going through a crisis. We're all going through the coronavirus pandemic. It's time for us to unite. It's time for us to believe in what's happening. Because he obviously Joe Biden believes in the science, believes in, in, in the virus, believes that we have to overcome this. It's time for us to once and for all defeat this virus together. Absolutely. And that's what just so, makes me happy, bro. Yeah, I think that, and and I'll end the the segment on this. The one thing I think that all of us, and this should strike a chord with, like you said, our fellow believers of whatever it is. I think that, and that they should embrace, is that right now, after this election was called, there is a renewed sense of hope that things can get better. Yep that things can improve. And at the end of the day, as believers that we are, you know, the, the Bible, if you want to get a little, you know, if you wanted to get a little preachy Sunday, talks about the three most important things being love, hope, and faith. Right now, if we love each other, we obviously, our faith is always going to be with God and not any politician. But right now, there's a sense of hope that every person should embrace um, and that hope is brought on by what you said, a change of direction that this man, um, that the current president of the United States was just not even pretending to give um, this country. And so hopefully we can take that hope, put it into action and, you know, come January, we'd be um, better off as a nation and as a as a world. One, you know? one last thing before we end this, I had uh, uh, posted this on Facebook. Um, and it says like this, do we only pray, um, for those who work for us, for those who do what we deem to be on the right side, the last four years, I've seen plenty say things like, and this goes to obviously the, the church, um, we, mm -hmm. we've seen, I've seen things like, you know, we will, and we have to pray for our president so that God can work right. through him. Right. And quote, another quote is there is a reason why God allowed for that specific person to be president. Our duty right. is to pray for those who have positions of leadership like our president. So I wrote, right. I'm not posting this to start arguments because that's not what we're trying to do. At the end of the day, there's been too much division. We don't need to right. argue anymore. So I'm not posting right. this to argue with anyone on social media or cause any more division. To be clear, that is not my intention. I'm just clarity on the situation. Whether you voted for Biden or you voted for Trump, Will you continue to pray for the leaders of this country now that Biden is said to be the 46th president of, of the United States? 
the reason why I asked that question was because that's not the kind of vibe that I was getting. That's not what I was reading on social media right. from Christians. They were acting right, like right. the world was ending. They're saying things like, oh, um, Biden um, is anti-Christian. He's anti. He's the antichrist. We're in the end yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. Like if everything <laughs> depended on the president, like God really depended on a presidential election for him right. to work. Like that's the most disappointing part for me. Um, but it's time to unite. It's time to work together and it's time to to heal the wounds of this country. Hey Amen. That's it. No more, nothing more to add than that. And to just say, get gospel and just say amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move away from politics. Obviously, we wanted to, to discuss that because as we always do, we want to talk, you know, about current events and not just sports. But I think people have enough for politics. They've had enough for politics for the last week. So let's get back to a little sports. And the NFL season um, is on the verge of, of finishing week nine uh, with Monday Night Football's game. And so obviously we're at the midway point like we started discussing last week. And we just want to go and uh, I want to get your top two, top three impressions of week nine and what you saw. Um, the first one, and we, we previously talked about this, um, it's your Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't want to sound like right, a, right, a right. broken... A broken uh, radio. Um, but I'm gonna talk about. Yeah, them, but so they're, don't, don't worry they're, about. they're getting the job done, bro. They're eight yeah. and zero. Um, they're undefeated. It didn't look too pretty against a Dallas Cowboy team that was throwing out there their fourth string quarterback. But right. they they look legit, man. They're still winning. They're undefeated. The point is to win, no matter how ugly it looks in right, the NFL. Right. Um, they're eight and zero, and you you have to be impressed with what they're doing. Um, as I said in our in our previous episode, um. If you're going to say Kansas City Chiefs, you have to say the Pittsburgh Steelers right there. Right. It's not anymore like, oh, it's Kansas City 1A and the Pittsburgh Steelers 1B. No, it's 1A and 1A. Yeah. This is about this season, and they're getting it done. Um, And number two is whew, um, what happened with my boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not talking about the Patriots because um, obviously I'm a – as I've mentioned before, I'm on a hiatus right now because <laughs> right. I'm rooting for my boy Brady. But what happened right, right, to right. that uh, Tampa Bay team um, was disgusting. <laughs> right. um, they got completely destroyed. There's no excuse. I'm not gonna come. You know, I'm not gonna come out here and give an excuse for what happened to to the Bucks. They got outplayed. Um, but it's the regular season. The, the The Saints won the regular season matchup too well, as we know, and we've seen it happen in the previous years, the last three years. If we want to stay with what happened with what's happened recently um you know that what can go wrong will go wrong not for the cowboys but for the saints they <laughs> haven't gotten it done and i still do believe that what come playoff time tom brady the greatest quarterback of all time he will get it done um so it's just th those two things right there the afc the pittsburgh steelers for me are right there with the kansas city chiefs and the tampa bay buccaneers they uh yeah they embarrassed all of their fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, for me, I'm right there with you. And, and actually, I wrote down three points. And the first one for me was the, the Steelers. Um, you know, and coming into the weekend, I heard someone say that that they needed to be careful, that the Steelers needed to be careful because this, this had all the makings of a trap game for them. You know, coming off of two weeks where they face two much better teams, um, especially the Ravens, a divisional rival, somebody who they know they'll probably might have to face come playoff time. 
And so they might have overlooked the Cowboys. I don't know if that was the case or simply, you know, having a new quarter, a quarterback that they couldn't really have time to plan for or whatever. But like you said, they got it done. And I think in a season, you're going to have your games that you're going to dominate on offense. You're going to dominate on defense. And then you're going to have these games like that you have to win in an ugly fashion. And the fact is, like you said, they got it done. So they remain um, undefeated. So I continue to be like, you know, as a fan and, all, and not just of them, but of the sport, can, um, happy to see them putting in the work because if nothing else, it kind of gives um, Kansas City something to look forward to and us as fans to look forward to that if these two guys, um, these two teams, excuse me, do end up meeting in, let's say, the AFC Championship, man, that looks like it's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's definitely make, um, have all the makings and we know that at least in the AFC Obviously, it's not just the Steelers because there are other teams, the Bills, the Texans, and so on and so forth that are good. But right now, we see two very, very good teams. And if nothing else serves, like I said, like a great um, potential AFC championship game. The second uh, thing that uh, that caught my eye was actually Tua from Miami. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name this time, even though I've gotten don't it do right. It. So don't do it. Don't, no. I'm not going to do that to myself. No, don't do it. But... Um, I was really impressed in, in his second start. You know, last week they won the game, but everybody was questioning because he really didn't do a great job passing. He turned the ball over. But yet yesterday he came out against another great quarterback in Kyler Murray, basically got into a shootout because both teams scored over 30 points. Yes, they got one touchdown on defense. But what I'm saying is he still did a great job. He went 20 of 28, 248 yeah. yards, two passing touchdowns. And one of the things that I really liked is that he connected with seven different receivers in that game. So he spread the ball around, did some running himself. So for a second start, that gives Miami, who's obviously been a terrible team the last 15 or 20 years, if nothing else, it gives him something to be hopeful for if he continues to develop. And... um and yeah, they have potentially have their quarterback of the future, so which is always a great sign for uh, for any team that wants to be good in the NFL. And then lastly, I think uh, I'm gonna agree with your point, and that was the bust. Oh my god! Um, I'm not gonna wail on your boy. I'm not gonna you know say he's done. We've been through that. We there's been a lot of people that have said he's done after one bad game. You don't want to be another and Max so, Kellerman. Please don't do right, that. Right. So I'm 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 not gonna go down that path. You know, for me, um what did you know catch my attention is that it was not just that they lost, but the way that they lost. And so you saw a team that unexplicably, because there was no injury, there was no nothing, go from a team that you feared as a Super Bowl contender to all of a sudden just look like straight up bad. You know, there was no running game yesterday. Um, Brady did go, what was it? I have my notes here, 22 of 38, but only 209 yards passing, the three interceptions, and 194 total yards. And so when a team like that isn't a team that you would think is going to be in the Super Bowl, and obviously, given the fact that the Saints are a team, a division rival that they may have to face come playoff time, it just, for me, if nothing else, is like, whoa, that, you know, it caught me by surprise. So I'm not ready to throw in the towel and say that their season is done or that your boy is done. But it was definitely something I didn't see coming. Um, 
against a division rival. So hopefully, like you said, it's just one bad game. Teams will have that during the season and come playoff time. Because if nothing else, whether he wins or not, obviously the playoffs are made better when you have the best teams out there. Um, it's it's whether you're a fan of his or not, it's great to see or you have to be impressed by a guy like Tom Brady in his 40s still doing his thing. And, yeah, you want to see him in the playoffs so that if he's going to lose, I'd rather see him lose in the playoffs as opposed to, like, you know, not make it at all. So hopefully they can keep doing what they're doing, be in the playoff, and then see what happens after that. I certainly do. Like, I agree with you on that. I certainly do believe that when we look at the top teams in the NFC, I still do believe that the, the Buccaneers are one of the top three, four teams in the NFC. As you can see, the Saints, when they're healthy, they can get it done. But one of the things that I'm, I'm looking out for is that five seed. Right now, the Buccaneers have the five seed. The five right. seed, the fifth seed, is set to face off against the NFC East divisional winner. <laughs> so that might be actually a very good thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not to win a division because yeah. they're going right. to end up facing off against the NFC East uh, a winner, which is not yeah. um, – uh, if we look at the records, it's not something that we can harp on. They they all suck. Every single yeah. team in that division. Yes, Giants fan. Victor. Not you, Victor. Victor. Franco, oh. you know I'm talking to you. Your team sucks, brother. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and when we look, I just want to do uh, give one more shout-out to the AFC East. I know we've been killing them, um, obviously, because the Patriots suck, and they've been the class of that division. But when you yeah. look at that division, and you mentioned what Miami did by beating a really good team in the Cardinals. And how Tua played, they they put up 34 points. The defense, their defense is one of the best in the NFL. Uh, So Brian Brian Flores is getting the job done. And what about the Bills? The Bills right now are 7-2. They just beat up on the the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks defense might as well not have anyone out there. But point is, they still put up 40-plus points, I believe. They beat the Seahawks, and they're 7-2. So yeah. you got to give a shout out to the AFC East. Um, they're obviously not embarrassing everyone like the NFC East right now. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah uh, I still do believe at the end of the day, my boy Brady will get to the playoffs, and we'll see what happens when we get there. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so why don't we'll see. Why, why don't um, why don't I get us started um with our our last topic, and it's we're gonna talk some hoops. Um, it yeah. feels like. Basketball is just like at the end of every other topic because there's so much <laughs> going on. The election, yeah. football, it's just too much going on right now. But basketball, you can say, is right around the corner. We're a month uh, uh, removed from the start of the NBA, and which yeah. is kind of weird. The NBA is starting in Christmas time. But that's why yeah. I want to ask you this. Um, given the late end to the season last year, or last season, sorry, is the M- NBA returning too quick? By starting the season in December 22nd? Um, the easy answer is yes. And I think partly it is. Obviously, given the fact that the season, um, like you just said, we're like a month removed from, you know, the Lakers winning the title, obviously, after the restart and everything. Um, yeah, it's quick. and But I think, you know what I mean? Sure, why not? Um, I think that um, Adam Silver, if nothing else, that's the point that I was trying to get to. Um, I think Adam Silver, the league, with what the way that they handled the pandemic, um, the way that they were able to get their restart and do the job that they did, 
with me, they've earned enough benefit of the doubt where I'm going to say, like, you know what? They're thinking this through and let's see what and let's give them the, the opportunity to do it. Obviously, at the top of the priority for that happening so quick is the finances. You know, obviously, uh, the NBA Christmas Day or Christmas week for the NBA is kind of like. Thanksgiving is for football. You know, you always have those matchups that you look forward to every year. And so for them, obviously, it's crucial to get the NBA started around before Christmas time so that we can get those Christmas Day games and launch into the season and obviously get that extra revenue. And like, and that's why I give them the benefit of the doubt because of everything that they did that, yeah, I'm sure that they're going to do it. On the personal level, I would have wanted them to get a little more creative I would have wanted to see maybe, you know, like the NIT in college where all the teams that didn't make the tournament get to like do a little tournament themselves. Yeah. I think that they missed the opportunity to do something maybe with those eight teams that weren't part of the of the relaunch or um, of the NBA season. Uh, something fun, you know, and that's to say that they can't do something like that. But I think that that uh, would have been cool to do. So you could have given some of these teams a little bit more rest and start working their way in. Obviously, it's going to be a little difficult for the for the scheduling to for everything to match up. So this is me just dreaming. But yeah, this is what it is. Is that's their time of the season to start. It's something similar to what happened when the when the lockout happened a few years ago. So yeah, I give them the benefit of the doubt to be doing the right thing in the long run. And and as fans, we want to see some basketball. We look forward to seeing it every Christmas, and this year is not going to be any different. I think that's why, like, when like when anyone's having the discussion about, like, the NBA, no one's really upset about, like, when they're starting because of the fact right. that they earned the benefit of the doubt. The way they dealt yeah. with, uh, with COVID, you know, the whole bubble idea, which was obviously the best idea thrown out there by any of the other leagues, um, they've earned that. And... We've we've just got to trust them that they're going to eventually do the right thing. That idea about like having some kind of like a small tournament for those eight teams that weren't uh, that, didn't, that didn't go into the bubble was a great idea. Um, one thing that was out there, I, I don't know if you heard that there were players that were actually uh, um, pushing for them to start um, Martin Luther King weekend, January 18th, I believe. Um, that was reported yeah. by by Chris Haynes. Um, so that's something that that would have been a great idea because because obviously you're just giving them more time. At the end of the day, um, right. the, the season is going to end late once again. The schedule is all screwed up. It's like I don't know if this happens. You know if it's you know if it's happened to you before. Like you go to sleep, um, like you mm-hmm. go to sleep at seven o'clock, like for a nap. You wake up at two o'clock in the morning. You can't go back to right, bed until right, like right, six, right. seven o'clock in the morning. Your your, your right. schedule is all screwed up, and you just need some time to basically catch up that's what's happening to the Uh nba they just have to you know recognize that it's going to take some time for them to you know get their you know regular normal october 11th october 12th nba start but at the end of the Uh day at the end of the day as you said i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because why why wouldn't we (laughs) why wouldn't we are you worried like are you worried at all that that there's reports out there that like LeBron James isn't willing to, you know, really isn't willing to start December 22nd. 
Listen, I think that that, at the end of the day, is grandstanding. I think that that, which he has all the reason to do, you know what I mean? As uh, as the most powerful player still in the league, he's probably, like all the players that wanted to push it back, this is probably a play so they can get some sort of negotiation with the owners, get some financial incentive. But at the end of the day, I think that they're going to go along. I think LeBron knows he has to go along, even if he puts up a front of wanting to push it. Because like I said, at the end of the day, these guys are businessmen too. Um, the, the, the start in Martha Luther King weekend that you said, is not only is it good because it gives them the extra um, rest, it's very symbolic to be able to do it that yeah. weekend for a league that's so predominantly um, African-American. But listen, man, Ain't nobody trying to miss that Christmas money. Ain't nobody trying to start like though you're talking about essentially a month from the Christmas uh, from the December twenty second day that they want to start to like that mid um January start around Martha Luther King. You're talking about easily 10, 15 games or something that teams are gonna lose. And at the end of the day, the players want their money. They want to be able to max out their earnings. So I think that all of that is just uh negotiation tactics so that they can be able to get the, the maximum dollars or whatever incentives the owners are willing to You actually to nailed it right there because it's reported that the difference between starting December 22nd and starting January, what, 18, 19, is $500 million in revenue. There it's about the go. money, obviously, um, because as you mentioned, it would be a great idea and very symbolic for them to start January 18th. But when you're talking right. about $500 million in revenue after the way that the NBA was hit because of COVID-19, they're going to start right. December 22nd. And as you said, I don't think there's anything to what LeBron said. You know, he's physically ready to go right back out there. The man is a complete beast. Um, and all the teams will be ready to go out there. There's more money um, for them, obviously, at yeah. risk. And when you're talking about money, that's what that's number one on their list, or 1A, 1B to a championship. So they'll, they'll start December 22nd. I'm not really worried about that either. Yeah, and he's somebody who's for the, you know, we've known LeBron to do his load management thing before. I think coming into this year, uh, most people wouldn't even be upset if he did a little load management to begin the season. Um, so it's, again, it's all negotiation tactics, which, again, they all have the right to do it. But they'll, they'll start NBA 22nd and we'll have Espe those Christmas Especially since for him, you know, he's already the GOAT. And this championship was worth seven, apparently, according to his fans. Um, and he's got <laughs> ten titles. So he doesn't have anything to play for, basically. Right. There there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But we'll, we'll, as like I said, we'll look forward to it. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a great, you know, NBA season. And hopefully we'll have an interesting one. Yep, that's true. Yep. So, yeah, that's going to do it uh, for us in this episode of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. As we say every week, you know, go check out the podcast on whatever streaming platform you use, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, whatever. Just hit us up, subscribe, listen, review, do all that good stuff. Yep. And then as we love to say, uh, go out there, social media, follow our accounts, join the conversation. Um, right now, we're just giving you some snippets to just like grab you in and get you into the listening uh, 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 platforms, go out there, follow, comment, share, and be a part of the conversation. This is the pull up and chat 
Podcast. Your boy Juan and Peace out, people.